0: thought we was just gonna come back and be all sad and sound all sound on mopey dopey and be up here talking about oh i'm so sad because trump is the president oh i'm not gonna have an episode oh i'm gonna be up here all angry you know what i'm saying i like to sh- thank Charlemagne for saying for reminding me of that jay-z lyric he said government f government people politic themselves so everybody's been talking about that line he's he's mentioned it for a couple weeks but i want to continue into the verse because jay-z was dropping mad bars uh in that um where i'm from government f government People politic themselves. What well, we call the cop the 18. Cause they hop in the vans and spray things. And life expectancy solo. We making our wills at 18. But how you get rid of guys who step out of line, your rep solidifies. You think that when I rap, you think I give a F who criticize? If the shit is lies, God strike me. And I got a question. Are you forgiving guys who live just like me? We'll never know. One day I pray to you and said if I ever blow, i let her know the states exactly what takes place in the ghetto. Promise revenge. Ville. still I feel my job ain't done Cough up along where I'm from Marcy son ain't nothing nice yo that verse yo I, I can't I get excited rapping that verse because he was telling you what was going on <clears throat> in the hood this was in the 80s and 90s the same things happening and really the same things is happening in the 70s and 80s in the 60s and 70s in the 50s and 60s in the black community um, we politic ourselves, man. And 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 even though we were happy to have Obama in the White House, we were happy to have uh, a black man, a representation of us in the White House. We still politicked ourselves. You know, we might have paid a little bit more honor and respect. And maybe it caused a lot of us to learn a little bit more about how government works or, you know, um, and to be proud of our country That's the thing that Obama really, um, you know, people aren't gonna, aren't going to say the things that really need to be said about Obama until he's 80 and decrepit and on his way to the grave. But, you know, I think Obama, what Obama did was open up, open up the lines of communication between black people and American pride uh, and, and pride in the country, uh, we, we never really had that, you know what I'm saying, we, we've always been really skeptical about July 4th, about Veterans Day, about, you know, Labor Day, Columbus Day, all these holidays uh, that are around President's Day, um, you know, all these holidays that we celebrate you know, on some level, in some way, remind us of our place in this country. And so what what Obama did was give us hope. I mean, he really gave us hope. You know what I'm saying? That was his whole campaign. And now, and throughout the presidency, there have been people that have been very vocal about, you know, uh, what did he do for black people? What did he do for the hood? What did he do for, you know what I'm saying? And so my thing is this. And we're going to go into a regular episode. I'm not going to talk about Trump and and politics the whole time. But my thing is this. People hated on Trump because he came out and talked about black people in the context of the inner cities. Uh, And he painted a very mono. What's the word? Mono. Monolithic. Mono. What's the word? You know, I struggle with my words sometimes. He painted a very. God dog it. He painted a very. Um one-sided for lack of a better word he painted a very one-sided picture of the black experience <clears throat> so basically what trump said was you know you know look at the black schools look at the black communities you know look at the ghettos where all the black people are they're decrepit they're horrible and everybody looked at trump like what you don't talk about black people like that. We're not all one people. But then, at the same on the same breath, we wanted Obama to do more for black people, like black people is one group or one monolith, if that's the right word. I don't know. I might have just made that up. Like we wanted Obama to do what Trump said he's going to do, and it's just it's just really interesting because. Um, I think that whenever we have something that's exalted on the level that Obama was and is, after that thing is gone, it really causes us to look at the replacement like, hmm, you know what I'm saying? It causes us to be a little bit more critical of the systems uh, and the institutions that are in place um, to, to just to keep them honest, you know, and, and to make sure that they're still going to continue to work for us. Because truth be told, if you were poor under Obama and you didn't put in any work, most likely you're still poor. You know what I'm saying? If you were poor under Obama and you didn't go to trade school or you didn't go to college or you didn't complete a certificate or you didn't bust your ass researching and investing and saving money. excuse me got a little tickle in the throat uh if you didn't do all those things under uh before obama or during obama then most likely you're in the same situation and uh a new president even though i just wanted to be clear um i i don't hate a lot of things but i really dislike the thought and the sound of the words president Donald Trump like that it's embarrassing to me is it is embarrassing as an American as someone who was so uh, enamored by the last president um and thought that the last president regardless of his policies or regardless of how he was um a part of the system quote-unquote the system's like I thought that President Obama could do no wrong, and I gained such a respect for leadership, like during his presidency. Um, and to see Trump come in. and you know, in my mind, and for what I've seen, Trump hasn't demonstrated that level of leadership that I was used to under Obama. So the question is, can we follow a leader that we don't respect? So that, I mean, if there's a theme of today is can we follow a leader that we don't respect and thinking about not just the presidency because Donald Trump or Barack or Bush or Reagan or Nixon or Carter or Kennedy, whoever, they didn't lead us on the day to day. They're not with us in the morning. They don't make you get up and go work out. They don't make you get up and go brush your teeth and read to your kids at night. They don't help you check your kids folder. And make sure that he turned in his assignment so that you can hold him and his teachers accountable. The president is not gonna allow you to do that, it's not gonna force you to do that. The president's not gonna make sure that you're investing your money properly, or that you're investing your time properly, or that you're making friends with the people you need to f- make friends with, and that you're in your community the way you need to, and you talk to kids. The president is not gonna make you do that. No president. Now they might be there might be presidents that are the spark plug and you see them and you're like, yo, if they can do that, if they do that, and if they can withstand whatever it is they will then surely I can get my ass up out of bed and do what I need to do. Um, but truth be told, no president Obama or anyone, uh, is leading you in terms of guiding your actions in the times of, in the times of critical need, right? Um and so can you follow hypothetically rhetorically however you want to look at it a leader that you don't believe in a leader that you don't trust a leader that you don't like so removing it 10 steps away from the presidency think of your job you know are you being led by someone that you don't like someone that's been vocal about not respecting you and the work that you do? Um, Can you be led by someone who whose credentials don't give them the, the right to have the job that they have? Can you be led by that? And maybe it's not a situation of can you, it's how can you be led by that? Because some of you don't have a choice. And when I say you, I mean us. Some of us don't have a choice on being led by the worst people and leaders possible so what do you do in that situation where you're at work and, I, when I, and we are talking now about day to day stuff about your work about your profession and you're in an environment where you have leaders that 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 aren't equipped or that are ill equipped you know what I'm saying Um I, I, I struggle with that. You know, I struggle with that a lot and I don't know what that means. I struggle with, um, I struggle with incompetent leadership. You know, I am, I am in awe of when I engage with a, a leader, a leader that I respect. Like it, it, it like, I give so much respect to systems and to people and to situations where people step up into their leadership and they are active and intentional leaders I think it's I think it's amazing uh, men and women to see them in that place where they're just motivating people not telling people what to do empowering people around them you know Uh, Really, uh, uh, really changing the dialogue, making sure that systems are effective, making sure that people feel respected through the processes. Uh, I think that that kind of leadership is like, sometimes that leadership like gives me goosebumps and makes me like teary eyed sometimes. When you think about that, all we are in this world are people, like we're people, we're our own individual uh machine right and you have another machine you know you util- utilize the al- analogy you have another machine that's able to provide power or empower other machines when they don't have anything to give so you have might you might have a machine that stopped working years ago but you have another person that's able to come in t- to this machine to this person And ignite something in them to make them go again and make them feel fresh and respected. And like, yo, that kind of power is transformative. And to me is what being on this earth is all about is motivating and moving other people to action. And I have, I have cyclically as in a cycle had an issue with poor leadership or leadership that I believe is corrosive or least leadership that I think is divisive. Uh, you know, in my last, not in my last job and the one I'm in, but my current job and my job, maybe two or three years ago when I worked at a university, um, I just, my current job. Now let's focus on this one. It's just so many examples of poor leadership. That like it sometimes it's hard for me to do my job because I get so critical about how things are being done around me and how things can be done better. And it's like I look around and I just see so many holes and I see so many people struggling and I see so many people looking for guidance. And I'm like, yo, why is leadership so me being a human being? I point the fingers out. And I'm like, they need to do something about this. They, these leaders. And I get frustrated because my leadership potential, you know, so follow me here. I'm kind of talking about myself here. My leadership potential in my eyes are capped because of the title of my position. You know, so we're talking about, so, so now we're talking about leadership with the big L and leadership with the little L. Like, the big L leadership, like, no one can tell you you are or you are not a leader. You either are or you are not. No one can, like, appoint you as a leader. You either do it or you don't. So, that, that's the big L. The little L is, oh, you're a manager. You're a program manager. You're a director. You're a deputy director. You know, all the ways that we stupidly, uh, st- uh, you know, separate ourselves in the workplace. Um, you know, so... Uh, so for me, and again, this is, this is therapy for me right now. Um, for me, I sometimes get sidetracked by the fact that I'm not in a position to be a little L, you know, the title or, you know, I haven't been in the the organization long enough or what have you. And so I get sidetracked by that and my limitations there, not fully understanding that I'm a big L I'm the big L you know what I'm saying like all day every day I know that I am a big L <laughs> so I'm thinking of the memes with Drake handing the L over uh to you know what I'm saying uh but I don't even care that people are like oh you a loser I yo you know what I am everybody knows it interacts with me what I am and I need to recognize what I am. You need to recognize who you are. And and I think as men, to tie it into the idea of manhood, I think that we all need to be striving for that big L, the big L in leadership. That's what this presidency, that's what Barack's presidency uh, meant to me. That's what I looked at and I saw. You know, I saw the policies. I saw... The wars that we got into—I saw all those things, the same things that presidents do and have been doing for 400 years or 300 years. Like, but all those things are little else. Those are those are a part of the job. So I challenge you, all the people. I've been in con—I've con, uh, been in um—I've been in communication and and in discussions with folks online that criticize Obama because of his policies or what his policies did or didn't do. And because he didn't do enough for black people and he perpetuated the cycle of war and, you know, uh, international, uh, domination and, uh, oligarchy, what did Cornel West say? The, the, um, tag on it. I can't remember the word. I had to look it up when he first said it, that he supported an oligarchy, a monarchy or some craziness. Like, People criticize Obama for being in that system, but me—that's his job, and I'm not the president. And so I've never been in the presidency. I've never been in government. I've never even been, uh, you know, a politician on any level. And so me critiquing his job is just from my very very limited perspective. You have to understand and assume that pre- that that Trump that Obama, that Bush, that Clintons, um, they have access to information that we couldn't probably even fathom. Like we probably couldn't even keep our lunch down if we had access to the information they did. And so criticizing and critiquing their decisions without knowing all that they had to consider is really dumb. Like, it's just like, it's just your opinion. You know what I'm saying? But people make actions on their opinion. That's whack. But, uh i focused on obama and his big leadership and how you know i've always said it but how he walked into a room even when the news was horrible how he motivated others how he brought in people that talk mess about him into his fold the people that he put around him do they look like the united states that's big leadership you know able him being able to uh make fun of himself that's big leadership. The way that he looked at his wife and, and talked about his children and, and you know, addressed big issues in our country, even if they were just speeches, um, that's big leadership to me, you know, and that's what I hope to, how I hope to unpack all of this President Trump stuff. <clears throat> I hate saying that. We got to do what we got to do. And, and, uh, it's time for us to, to focus on the big L on big leadership internally, um, focusing on the big L. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be challenging though. And I, and I wonder, um, the way that a lot of the country is looking at Trump now, I wonder if that's how, you know the folks that were racist were looking you know okay okay let, let me not let, let me not label because i i'm not gonna assume that people okay let, let me be let me also be realistic i know that there were many people that hated president obama because of the fact that he was black like point blank plain and simple i know that um i also know that Or I wonder if the way that people think about Trump is the way that people thought about Obama. Like the people that really hated Obama. But the cause and the root of their hate is different, right? I mean, people don't hate Trump because he's white. Like simply because of the fact that he's white. I would assume that there are very... There's a very small percentage of people that hate Trump because he's white. Um, I would assume that there was a larger percentage of people that hated Barack because he was black in comparison to those that hate Trump because he's white. Um, but in terms of that visceral feeling that like, you know, when I just say President Trump, I'm like, oh my God, I hate saying that. It's embarrassing. Like people that hated Obama probably thought the same reason It's just that their hate for Barack was rooted in something that he can't control. <laughs> in something that uh means absolutely nothing. Um my dislike, my disdain, my embarrassment for Trump is based on the fact that uh he's just whack to me. I mean, it's just if I had to quantify or qualify whackness, I mean, you know, he doesn't seem presidential to me. He doesn't seem like a leader, he doesn't seem like you know he's really in it for the people right like he does they, i mean anybody who executive produces a reality show and sells commercials and is all about ratings and you know demeaning people can't be really about advancing the people can he i mean seriously real real live question it just doesn't seem like it makes sense to me but uh anyhow i mean we can go back and forth all day i i i said back and forth like there's anyone else here um but in all seriousness that if anything i want my listeners to do is you know once the you know we're all in in various stages of uh of death right now you know the the stages of death is you know denial the the anger the you know the i can't even think of it right now because my my psychology and sociology is going away from me The denial was it? The denial, the anger, the belief, the something, the acceptance, you know, the stages of grief. We're all going through that right now. You know, so we're all we all denied it at first and now we're kind of all angry. And eventually we'll get to the point where we can accept it. And we'll get to the point where we're gonna, you know, really unpack these bags and figure out what our next step is gonna be. Um so with that. I tell you all good night, good day. However, you're listening to this. This was a, I had to. Uh, first of all, I, I I had to shout my my boy out. Uh, yo, a good friend of mine from from college, you know, hit me up, gave me a call. Uh, right after, right when we were finding out about the whole election, like that morning, I'm driving to work. I'm pissed, like I'm angry, I don't know what's going on, I'm just trying to process it, I just had to have a difficult conversation with my son about it, and uh, he gave me a call kind of out the blue, you know, we go back and forth online a lot, Um, and we go back and forth online, and he's somebody I respect, and you know, we don't always agree, and again, when we're talking about leadership, like, I'm so respectful, and so, not respectful, I'm so, uh, uh, I just love the fact when you could disagree with someone and still respect them. I think that that is a sign of true, true leadership. And he's someone that I've disagreed with on many issues. Not many, but some issues, you know, from music to politics, pop culture. I mean, uh, everything. We've agreed on things. We disagreed. And he called me out the blue. And we talked for about 45 minutes to an hour just just talking, just talking about next steps, just embracing the anger and talking about what we do now and you know he was one of those people that really shined the light on what Trump was doing what Clinton was doing and when everybody was in the in the Clinton love fest he was just like yo I'm not I'm not down for that but here's some things to tell you why and he did it in a way that was you know just respectful and just honest and came from a place of uh, of of inquis- in, inquisitiveness, inquis being inquisitive, <laughs> and so uh, my boy Rashawn, I got I had to big you up, and we were supposed to actually do a podcast together. We were supposed to actually get on get on the phone and, and do it together. But it is literally right now; it's nine o'clock a.m. I'm about to post this right now. It's nine o'clock. I usually post Wednesday night. It's nine o'clock on Thursday, nine o six, as a matter of fact. I usually record Wednesday nights and just have it scheduled to go off. So I didn't have a chance to do that today. So I literally, this morning, I went and got a haircut, came back, took the kids to school, boom, 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 and I just had to record this real quick. So this is a short episode, but it was Sean. Sean, I, I promise, Snugs, we're going to get on this. We're going to chop it up on air. We're going to let people know, and we're going to show people how to disagree without being disagreeable we're going to show people how to how to move forward how to you know call ourselves to action and how to be real men and be real leaders so uh my man we'll we will have our time uh just couldn't just couldn't pull it together today and i didn't want to not do an episode so i'll holler at y'all later i'm off again to schools today i'm interviewing students uh for the scholarship that our office does uh but um I will holler at y'all later. This is the Idea of Manhood, Season 2, Episode 9. Peace. Take this L back.